Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. As always, I'm your host, Jared Weich. Alongside me is Jordan. May the good blood guide your way. And Dominic. Praise the sun, you know? If only I could be so grossly incandescent. Another week, another Jared. Dom intro from uh, Dark Souls. Get used to it. <laughs> well, yeah. it's not like he just took a hint from me saying a Bloodborne quote. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll fully admit that <laughs> that's kind of. I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls, but yeah, yeah, Jordan, you kind of you kind of nudged me. Let's give credit where it's due, Jared. Okay, I'd appreciate that from now on. <laughs> um, let's talk about what we've been playing. Uh, more Graveyard Keeper for me. I recently reached the point where, um, like in these management type games, uh, it's, you know, at the beginning of it, you're learning all of these systems, learning like your routine that um, min maxing essentially, right? I've gotten to the point now where I'm lock- unlocking that like second to third tier of like um, machines to build and processes to do. You know what I mean? Where things are getting a little bit easier. I'm generating a little bit more uh, income. The economy is thriving. Um, oh, yeah, I've it's upgr- fabulous. It's never been in a better state before. I'm really close to my church getting <laughs> upgraded to a cathedral, which is dope. Um, just having a blast of that game. There's so much to do in it. It's it's become my podcast game or just, you know, fiddle around in it for a bit. Really loving that. Not too much to say extra there outside of what I've already said. Um, the other big game I played this week, which I played today because today is when it released. I had it pre-ordered forever, uh, was The Messenger, which is obviously the indie platformer that changes oh. between 8 and 16-bit. Um, those guys. This game's fantastic. Um, I've played about an hour and a half so far. Um, going into it, I expected it to be... Uh, Shovel Knight levels of like um, modern nostalgia and it's hit that perfectly Um, the platforming is great Um, obviously the main mechanic in the game is whenever you jump up in the air and hit these um, certain areas it gives you another jump Um, there's an upgrade system in the game enemies in the first hour and a half there's enough variety there that uh, didn't get stale at all the music is fantastic, um, which isn't surprising if you've watched any of the trailers for The Messenger. You can hear a lot of it. A really cool, subtle detail they do in the game is that when you submerge underwater, it muffles out the audio of the game, which is really cool. Just a really neat uh, detail. Um, yeah. So like do-do-do-do-do, like when you're underwater, you know. Um, yeah, I haven't gotten to the part where you actually... Um, so, yeah, uh, Dom, I haven't gone back to the part where you can switch between 8 and 16 bit yet. That seems like it probably opens oh. up probably, like, oh. a little bit later. Um, I didn't even know that was a thing. Okay, i got to watch a review for this shit already because I have not done that yet. Yeah, uh, it's getting really good review scores, unsurprisingly. Um, just having a blast of the controls feel great. Um, yeah, I'm only an hour and a half in, but even the uh, level variety is pretty cool. So you start off, obviously, in, like, your, like, temple area. And I've already been through a cavernous area, and now I'm in, like, more of a jungle-type area. And um, the levels feel very different in terms of traversal, um, in terms of, you know, the way you have to handle the enemies in front of you. The upgrade system is interesting, so there's obviously the normal upgrade path of, like, getting more defense and more hit points and all that stuff. Um, But there's also some stuff regarding mechanics in terms of being able to deflect enemy projectiles, being able to um, use different uh, wall jump mechanics and and stuff like that, Um, being able to climb on the walls. 
So it looks pretty varied. Uh, through the game, you collect like these, um, they look like lights, and they're the currency in the game that you used to upgrade. And the cool thing with this is that it follows a chain path, but you can upgrade whatever you have the money to upgrade, right? So uh, you don't necessarily have to like get the upgrade that costs 50 and then 200 unless it's in the same chain. So if you want to just max out all of your health upgrades, you could just do that if you just keep um, you know, collecting these lights and using for that specific chain, which I appreciate because sometimes games have the cap where like you have to upgrade like two of them to level two and like two of them to like level three and then it unlocks level four for that one, you know? This one is just like if you want to do a whole chain, you can go for it, which is really nice. Um, yeah, I, I don't think have... I think Far Cry Five did that, if I'm understanding what you described. But I, I, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Where you could just you could just go all the way through, um, right, right off the bat with one upgrade tree or whatever. Yeah, I, I, it, you know, some people do it differently because they have to balance their game. And this one, I think it's just like they've already understood how that changes the way you play. Um, there's hidden rooms. There's secrets. It's a blast. Like I said, I'm only about an hour and a half in, so I'll have more to share later. Uh, in terms of other non-gaming stuff, I've been watching Punisher Season 1. I finally got around to it. Really enjoying it. I'm about eight episodes in. Love the way they're handling PTSD and, um, you know, veterans and all that stuff. Really great. Um, love their interpretation of Micro and all of the other characters from the Punisher universe. Um, yeah, I just, I love John Bernthal. Uh, I've said this before, but I think out of all of the Marvel actors, he's the one that has actually shown up and starred in, like, major Hollywood films. And I think if any of them were to make the jump to the, um, you know, the big screen, it would be him. Maybe not necessarily tied to the MCU because he's so violent, but in terms of star quality, I think he's the one that can really, one of the only ones that can make the jump. Um, maybe my Colter. I definitely... But, I mean, I don't know that you could have a solo Punisher movie in the MCU, but I think you could have him in, you know, an Avengers movie or whatever, and he could be beating the shit out of people without it being R-rated. Yeah, I think they can make they it work. Could, they could do something like like a Venom thing, right, where it's not a part of the MCU, if that's what that is, I think. I was wondering, is Venom R-rated? Uh, they don't know yet. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. It's one of those things okay. where, like, it's we're trying to push it to its limit. Um, and that one's a whole different thing because Venom doesn't take place in the MCU. It takes place in the Spider-Man right. universe, which yeah. is a whole conversation of Sony being whatever they which are. Which, is that the Amazing Spider-Man universe? Is uh, Sony doing a new Spider-Man universe? This is technically <clears throat> the next like Spider-Man-Sony movie after uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, because we don't even know. We Everyone know, thinks that Tom Holland isn't even going to be in the movie, so it's like, yeah, that's yeah, a big yeah. old thing. Um, but anyways, is it is uh, it the Aunt May universe? Because we know about the Aunt May movie that we talked about, you know. Yeah, um, that's in the Alfred universe from Batman. The right? Alfred universe. They're making uh, that Alfred movie. I don't know if that was a joke or not, but I think it was a joke. Uh, anyways, uh, so <laughs> Punisher season one is really good. Like I said, I'm about eight episodes into the thirteen uh, episode season. Um, I normally don't like like the longer seasons of Netflix. I usually like the 8 to 10, but I'm fine with yeah. the 13 uh, episode seasons so far. I don't know if I'm going to be hitting a good. stretch of uh, you know filler here, but so far I've enjoyed it. It hasn't felt like a long <clears throat> ride yet. Um, if you haven't hit it yet, you're probably fine. Yeah. The other thing, uh, the important thing I want to talk about is Green Lantern Earth 1, which I finally got around to reading. Um, nice. To, so to explain it to you real quickly, Dom, Earth 1 is essentially a universe DC created where people... Specific creators they choose can ignore any other origin stories of a character 
at all and just make up their own origin they want to, right? So that's it's a different. series of graphic novels that they do. Yeah, so it's different than like Elseworld stories because a lot of times in Elseworld stories, a lot of the origins are the same, um, but they're tweaked slightly, right? So for like uh, when Thomas Wayne becomes Batman in Flashpoint, it's that Bruce dies instead of the parents, but it's still they're walking through that like the the alleyway, right? So it's like just shifted. Whereas with Earth One, it's like do whatever the hell you want. You can pick the origin you want to. And so far they've done Batman Earth One, Wonder Woman Earth One, Titans Earth One, and they have a couple others they're working on. Some of them have multiple Teen volumes. Titans. Some of them don't. Yeah. Um, Important distinction. So sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. It's annoying. It's obnoxious. Uh, so Green Lantern Earth One is really cool because obviously it's Hal Jordan, uh, and his whole thing, his Earth One focuses on him becoming Green Lantern, obviously, but he's an astronaut working alongside NASA, and they're trying to find minerals on uh, the moon and, and different asteroids orbiting Earth, and uh, they end up finding like this crashed ship of this dead lantern, and it kicks off from there. And it's a really interesting origin story for the lanterns in general, uh, the Lantern Corps. So, yeah, I enjoyed that. Awesome. Yeah. Have, have you read Earth One, Green Lantern Earth One? So, I have not jumped in. I'm planning on doing, like, the whole Earth One deal because um, they've gotten up to, like, a sizable enough number to where it's kind of got, it's its own thing now, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I, I have it downloaded for sure. Cool. So, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much for it, but the, the big crux of the origin story is that um, the Green Lanterns existed, and then the people who created the Lantern Corps felt that they got unruly, so they created these things called the Manhunters, and they start hunting down Green Lanterns, and that's kind of like how all of them disappeared. And in the ship where Hal finds the ring, he sees this robot that he doesn't know what it is. Turns out to be a Manhunter, and he kills it. He ends up uh, losing grasp of the ring because he didn't even know you're supposed to wear it or whatever. You're getting so spoilery, Jared. No, no, no. This is like the first like five pages of the of Earth One. This isn't even like. This is like baseline. He ends up getting uh, knocked unconscious, and his his energy ring beacon goes off. And another lan- one of the only last surviving lanterns hears that beacon, saves him, and then the story kicks off from there. That's like the very beginning of the story. Um, yeah, I don't want to say any mu- anything else after that. But I really enjoyed it. It's really cool. I like Earth One. Like you said, there's a lot of them now, so I kind of want to get into it to read that universe specifically. I chose Green Lantern Earth One first because it's one that most recently came out and uh, I'm trying to catch up on the comic book club that Greg does uh, Greg Miller so that was on one of the episodes I think so that was why I chose this one first really enjoying it Green Lantern's never even been one of my favorite DC characters Um, I've liked the idea of the lanterns but from hearing that he was like an astronaut that worked with NASA and stuff that kind of piqued my interest instead of him just being like a pilot in what is I think it's the is it the Air Force? He's a pilot. I don't know if it's for any specific thing um, in the usual the, Force, yeah. the usual origin. So him being an astronaut on this one is a little bit more interesting to me, personally. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much it for me. Graveyard Keeper, Messenger, Green Lantern, Earth 1, and Punisher Season 1. Uh, Dom, what about you? What have you been playing? <sighs> Dark Souls. Still, just Dark Souls. Let me let me say, I'm, I'm on the precipice. I'm gonna ooh, I'm gonna have this platinum trophy, and I and I just feel it. I just I have this game by the balls right now. You know, where I just reached underneath it. Never go full dog. Squeezing and twisting until that platinum trophy comes out. 
So yeah, uh, I've been playing a, a lot of it, and I've been, frankly, been ripping through it, been dominating this game. Um, there's, you know, when you first play a Dark Souls or a Souls game, and, you know, that <clears throat> your first however many hours is, like, you're just sque- squeaking by, you know, that kind of feeling, and, like, the world is just crushing you over and over, and you just feel helpless, and you're, like, looking for any little bit of advice and help and et cetera, et cetera. This time around is very much the opposite. I mean, hence that, you know, very visceral analogy I just gave you guys. So, yeah. Visceral is a good way to put it. I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls. Um, Are you going to go through this again with the trilogy? (sighs) There's zero reason to go through the first one. Other than just wanting to play it. I mean, well, yeah, I won't go through the first one again, but... I might go through the second. It won't have a one. separate list of trophies. Um, the the other games will. Yeah. What do you mean? The other games will, but there's no way they'll do two different trophy sets for the first one. Oh no no I would I doubt it because there's three separate discs in the trilogy so. Oh so it's um, just you're basically just buying Dark Souls Remastered again and then the other two. Yeah, I'll probably trade in the copy I have right and then. So I'll then would Dark Souls three wouldn't even register as a new game on PlayStation then either right? No, nor would two, but I played both of those on PC, so for me they would. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, but actually, you're right, Jared. There's not going to be any new trophies in this disc there or this. Collection yeah, because I was I was under the impression that it was being packaged like so. The Bio Bioshock collection. I know it's a weird analogous thing, but like the Bioshock collection is uh, all new trophies for uh, achievements for it, and like I know Xbox works different than PlayStation in terms of how they handle that and what counts and what doesn't. But the fact that you're saying it's 30 separate discs, Dom, leads me to believe, like, oh, no, it's literally just Dark Souls Remastered packaged with yeah. the other two. So just like yeah, Dark Souls yeah. 3 would be Dark Souls you've already played, and it registers as just packaged with the other two. Yeah, and it includes yeah. the DLC, so I'm not sure on 2 and 3 if those have, like, new DLC trophies that, you know, the original no, it'll be So it'll be Dark Souls Remastered, it'll be Dark Souls 2, the subtitle, what's that? Scholar one? of the First Sin. Yeah. Scholar of the First Sin, which is Complete Edition, and then yeah. Dark Souls 3, Complete Edition, whatever that's called. Fire Fades. So yeah, the only the only tr- <laughs> the only new trophies you would have if you've already played through Dark Souls 3 and Dark Souls Remastered would be the DLC trophies if you haven't gotten those beforehand. Like, if you didn't right. buy the DLC before, yeah. Right. I just, all I know is I'm about to have the Dark Souls Platinum, I have the Bloodborne Platinum, so it's kind of like, yeah, I think I have to get the rest of the Platinums for these games. So I think the only one I would Demon avoid is Souls. Two. You need Demon Souls, Dark Souls PS3, and you need Dark Souls 2 PS3. Well, easy on like the PS3 <laughs> of the same game. I'm not going to do that. That's nuts. You're That's a, like you're extra pussy, hardcore. Bro. You're a straight up <laughs> pussy, bro. In yeah. fact, I would even... I'm not sure... I was it might not even too. be possible. Wait, what? Be... Oh, it... Mr. Miyazaki. Oh, it's a pleasure. Oh, I'm so glad to have you on the show, sir. Oh, Dom's a bitch? <laughs> oh, my God. PS3s are cheap? Oh, I know. Platinums are important. I know. I know. <laughs> well, it's been great talking to you, sir. Well, that... Well, I can't say that. <laughs> well, the good thing is, no, if that's Miyazaki, he'd be okay with you not platinuming Dark Souls 2 since he didn't 
direct that one, so you could just skip that mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was actually the part I couldn't say. He's like, and I know he's going to say some shit about Dark Souls 2. <laughs> Tell that bitch-ass motherfucker if he doesn't get a PS3 and platinum all three of the games that you just mentioned. He's a bitch-ass motherfucker. I think I would... Um, Perfect English. I'm not sure about... I'm not sure about Demon Souls, but like the Dark Souls Platinum for sure would be very extremely more difficult without online functionality. Oh, uh, some of the items you would oh, be like, okay. Wait, you'd be stuck uh, to farming them. Up, uh, up. Uh, Miyazaki says, "Never mind." He forgot about the internet. <laughs> I mean, if he wants to turn those servers back on, then yeah, let's go. Yeah, um, and get a community going. Yeah, because they um, just shut down Demon Souls. So actually, I don't right. really know what the fuck I'm saying. So I'll have to look. I'll honestly look up. I'll make you a deal, Jordan. I'll look up if you can get the Demon Souls Platinum without playing online. It might even be actually impossible completely. Um, yeah. I'll look it up. If it's possible, then I'll do it. Because I've never played Demon Souls at all. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Just gotta... Dude, it's it's different, but it's I know that someone who loves Dark Souls as much as you will find it worth their time. Oh, yeah. For sure. I, I have no doubts. And no, you know. But yeah, I mean, to summarize, I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls, and I'm gonna continue playing a lot of dark souls you should definitely check into check out the messenger to see if you'd be interested it's pretty cheap it's only 20 bucks it's great so far for me like i said i've only played an hour and a half but like i've been itching for this game for a very long time like i would speaking of with octopath traveler i think that's a hundred percent way for a sale game even if it was not sixty dollars even if it was like 30 bucks i would still be like i like this game i don't know if it's something you need to play right away the messenger wow. man the Messenger Man feels like Celeste to me. Like it feels like something really special so far. I can't so. believe you're saying that about Octopath, bro. No, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I like Octopath Traveler. No, it's just that your your honest emotions are like, honestly, it's good, but there's better games out there. Yeah, yeah. So that's all I guess. I thought you were gonna be hype as fuck. Well, so. oh, that's that's all I've been playing though, guys. Yeah. That's where I'm at. It, uh, this game owns my life right now. Oh god. Watching do we, do more we... Clone Wars? I didn't even watch any Clone Wars this week. But every spare minute has been praising the damn sun. <laughs> Have you ever dressed up as Solaire for Halloween? No, but October is not far away. <laughs> not until this year. <laughs> not oh, until now. I'm still waiting for the damn Switch version to get released so I can get my Solaire Amiibo that I pre-ordered like forever ago. Yeah, me the fuck too. I'm not yeah. even... I, I might end up getting that Switch version, actually, just for the heck of it. That'll I'm be definitely the, getting that amiibo. Now you're out of control. That'll, no. be the, <laughs> that'll be the second and only other amiibo that I own outside of King Day today. I had to get him. Just I don't know if you've seen his amiibo, but it's him like laying on his side. Oh, man. It's oh, great. Geez. Uh, so is the 4K60 worth it, Dom, Dom for Dark Souls 1? Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um I think yeah, the 4K is it's really good. It, it's kind of like Skyrim in 4K though, where like, you know the uh, the scenery. You know when you're looking at areas and stuff, it looks fantastic. Like yeah. when you get to Anorlando and you fly in and you see like the whole castle and all the shit, and you're just like your jaw drops. But I mean like when and especially in Dark Souls, uh, you know the character models look like shit. That's kind of part oh, of the yeah. game, I guess. <clears throat> yeah. And so enhancing them to 4K doesn't actually help. It kind of Dom, it's it. part of their charm. It's part of their charm, Dom. It makes them better that they look like shit. So, the f- <laughs> I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna entertain that thought. Um, but the frame rate is uh, is what definitely makes it worth it. Having the not only like 
smooth frame rate, but constant, you know, throughout the entirety of the game, it's it's solid. So that's, well, Blighttown's actually say. playable, They're... so that's good. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, like we were talking about with Bloodborne, there's drops in some of these games, and then there's a lot of jaggies, so the 4K helps with that. But most important for the gameplay is the 60 frames, because I know from Neo, where you can switch between performance or, uh, you know, enhanced visuals mode, whatever, that... Uh, Playing these Souls type games uh, with a faster frame rate is a whole new world. It it makes the difference that um, is actually important when we're talking about differences between thirty and sixty frames. So yeah, a lot of games like you, a lot of people are just being snobby about it and they want more frame rate or higher frame right. rate. But like this is yes. one like where it actually impacts the gameplay in a lot Absolutely. of sense. I mean, when you're rolling, you know, you can be hit by so many frames and things like that. It'd be like yeah. like Call of Duty with a lower frame rate would totally totally change the way the game plays and it's, it's definitely one of those one of those few yeah. yeah what have you been playing Jordan? I've actually been playing a lot um have I talked about Dead Soul Dead Cells yes on here yeah we talked about it last so, week so um played a little more Dead Cells uh but um played a lot of uh Final Fantasy 7 this week, or a, a, a solid chunk. Yeah, on PS4. Out of um, left field. <laughs> yeah, whoa. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been a long time coming, and there's certainly uh, Final Fantasy games that I've tried and almost have beat uh, Final Fantasy 13 uh, multiple times, but still have finished it miraculously. Uh, so, 7 seemed like the game that a lot of people agree is a good jumping on point and uh yeah i'm enjoying kind of playing it in a pretty much original state uh of course i could have just emulated it and kind of done save states and manipulated things maybe maybe even modded it to make it look a lot crispier but um i wanted to kind of get the original experience so i um i'm trying not to use the uh you can turn combat on and off you can use turbo mode it's basically the PC port with like some of the bells and whistles of the mobile version, I think. And um, I really only turn combat off if I'm like going back somewhere, if I just you know like ran in a room to get a potion or whatever, or I'm trying to find my way. Um, but yeah, I'm just playing playing it normally. Other than that, and uh, it's really enjoyable. The music's really cool. The the whole visual aspect, you know, clearly I don't have to explain to you guys how ugly polygons can look from that era but uh in the the background so it's actually pretty funny my brother was sitting on the couch uh watching on the second screen a tv show last night and he just looks over at final fantasy he's like looks like you made that game on your computer which at, at one point is like <laughs> well you clearly don't have much confidence in me and second of all he's like it looks like you fucking made that you dummy like that's okay. how old like RPG is, so. maker yeah <laughs> yeah 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 interesting but uh I thought you were gonna say something no but anyways <laughs> um I am enjoying it I think the battle system's cool you know the active time battle is um really been influential in even like recent RPGs um Child of Light would I think be a good example of that where you're um you know it's not turn based it's turn based but it's like um, constantly time is flowing and, and you've got a bar filling up and that's when you're allowed to attack and so the enemy's attacking you and you're attacking them and it's kind of just a flow 
and you don't really have time to, to stop and uh, really plot things out unless you change it in the settings, which I'm not planning on doing since this is the battle system of the game and how it works. Uh, but yeah, the, the story is interesting and the world is cool, so I don't think people are bullshitting when they um, hype the shit out of this game. Not necessarily that it's as good as people are saying, um, but so far it's definitely enthralling and enjoyable. And um, They include the trailer for the remake, the original trailer, on the main menu, which is interesting. And so I hmm. watched that. It's got They've got it in a high frame rate too, which is nice since we were just talking about that looks really nice and uh, I watch that as like a visual reference for myself so that when I'm you know watching these scenes of these goofy looking fucking polygon robot weirdo characters I can kind of try to picture it in the more HD 3D setting and what that would look like what the city around them would look like and all that so um, yeah it's a cool experience and uh, been playing it for several nights in a row now so I plan on continuing that. Interesting. Um, also been playing... Um, fuck, what was I playing on PS4? Uh, can't remember. But I've uh, been watching Young Justice and Justice League. And it's really interesting going back and forth uh, between those two games. Um, shows. <laughs> not games. Shows. <laughs> yeah. um, it's interesting going back and forth between those two shows because Young Justice is a Justice League show in a lot of ways because of how much the league is in it. And um, so, you know, several years, I guess about 10 years, five years difference in between the production of those two shows. Um, it's crazy, but I like them both a lot in different ways. Um, Justice League is one of my favorite animated shows of all time. I don't think it's nearly at the heights of Batman the animated series one I think is the music is not there a lot of it is like MIDI and computer made whereas for whatever fucking reason they decide to do a full orchestra for every episode of Batman the animated series and it sounds fantastic and I can't wait for the fucking blu-ray it's all I've ever wanted but anyways I think the MIDI tracks like kind of do a disservice to some of the Justice League stuff um, especially because this is like the perfect a lot of ways it's one of the perfect combinations of teams for them and um, like the voice acting is so great and all that so yeah really enjoying that uh, continue to watch a bunch of movies also um, jumping back into the old Born series finally watch Born Legacy are you guys into Born? Uh, no. No. no I remember <laughs> no. I want to watch Apparently the first not. one okay. I, I want to watch the first one with my mom in theaters but it's not, not really my thing so. Word. Well, um, I'm enjoying them, and I enjoyed uh, Born Legacy, which I hadn't seen. Uh, it stars Jeremy Renner, and it occurs in between uh, Born Ultimatum 3, Born Ultimatum the third movie, and uh, Jason Born the fifth movie, uh, which I also rewatched, and is a good, solid movie, man. You know, they bring uh, Matt Damon back in 2016 for this movie. And they make him look beat the fuck up the whole movie, but uh, it's good. It's a really solid movie. So, yeah. Uh, if there's you know people out there who are interested in action flicks, unlike these gentlemen here, I would recommend them for sure. What's the 
what's the name of the like the lead creator of both Batman the Animated Series and Justice League? The one that did a lot of the designs for those? Bruce Tim. Yeah. He I uh I really love his his designs of the characters. And apparently that's one oh, thing yeah. that's launching with the DC streaming service, DC Universe, is there's a shop in it and there's gonna be exclusively releasing uh, action figures of or figures of the uh, the JLA um, nice character designs. So that's pretty cool. That's very cool. Yeah, he's uh, I talked about it a little bit on the show. He's kind of gone off his rocker, especially with the last two animated movies that he's been involved in. That being Har- Batman and Harley Quinn, and before that, uh, Batman the Killing Joke. Um, which I don't know what the fuck the deal is, but all of a sudden there's like he's putting fucking cartoon <laughs> superhero sex scenes in there with Harley Quinn and Nightwing in this past one and then uh, Batman and Batgirl and The Killing Joke and I'm like okay wow maybe we should make the movies good before we focus on cartoons fucking but that's just me um, but yeah I would like to see him kind of like get back on track as far as DC animated stuff because yeah he is like the father of the DC animated universe from the 90s and early 2000s and that shit is my jam so well a lot um, of a lot of people consider Batman the animated series to be like one of the most influential and like important absolutely cartoons of all time so absolutely yeah I mean it's you know one of my top five shows for sure period and um, probably uh, if I had to pick one superhero thing from any piece of media I would choose that um, but I also wanted to bring up uh, Banner Saga, which I've been playing on the Nintendo Switch. Um, and I bought it, you know... Dom, I shouldn't give you uh, shit for double-dipping on games, especially PS4 to Switch, because I did it with Banner Saga, I did it with Okami. Uh, Banner Saga, I will say, praise not only the sun, Dom, but Nintendo. <clears throat> because this fucking coin system that they have in their eShop is awesome. And it's so simple. And you just buy stuff in the shop, and then you get coins for it, and they translate to dollars. So it's, you know, if you $3 is usually 300 coins or whatever. It's very simple, and you don't have to sign up for anything extra. And then I got Banner Saga uh, for 10 bucks, essentially, instead of 20 And uh, so praise be to the Sun and Nintendo. Uh, it is so Banner, bizarre that... They've done such a good job of implementing that, and like PlayStation yeah. doesn't have anything of equivalency to yeah. that. Xbox doesn't either. Yeah, so Xbox doesn't either. Well, it's I funny. Would first. It's funny when I went to go pre-order the Messenger, I was like, "Oh, I have a thousand coins. I can get it for half off." You know, yeah. and I was like, "Cool." <laughs> I, I forgot that just because you've been existed. shopping in the store, just because yeah. you've been buying games on your console, and that's fuck like you know how many coins I'd have on fucking PlayStation <laughs> or on Jesus Xbox Christ. for me, Jesus Ooh, God, boy. yeah. Because I buy all digital too, especially. But Same. Anyways, <laughs> I don't want to think about that nightmare right now. Um, the Banner Saga. I talked last time about um, the. Um, onslaught, if you will, of Viking media in Norse mythology in Armenian. Um, one of the things I failed to mention, though I've mentioned it many times before on the show, is the show Vikings itself, um, which is also a big uh, part in Norse mythology being brought to the forefront of the mainstream. Uh, but Banner Saga is another example of that, just uh, adding on. And uh, it's gorgeous. It reminds me of Samurai Jack. 
Um, a lot of the backgrounds and the moving art, it just looks like Samurai Jack in the best way possible. Um, and like I said, it is based around Norse mythology. It's a strategy game, like an isometric point of view. And um, it's very, I think it's a really well balanced strategy game and, you know, super entertaining. These are games that I've been getting a lot more into over the past several years. So, um, very, very good game. It's a lot different than uh, what I'm used to, which is more of like the uh, Mario and Rabbids style. Um, even though I haven't played XCOM, which is uh, where that kind of comes from. But um, very cool game. The sound design and the music is fantastic. Uh, the presentation in general. other game than is just beautiful. The, yeah, the menus and the, the uh, user interface could use some work, and I'm sure that they get better now that there's three games. But just the presentation of the game itself in general is gorgeous, and the music especially is awesome. So... Um, loving this game. I'm, you know, played like ten hours of it, uh, pretty damn quick, and uh, I'll be playing more. And I'm, you know, planning on playing the rest of the series as well, especially uh, because you can carry your saves. And shout out to not only them delivering one Kickstarter game, but three. Like so often yeah. we see Kickstarter games blow up or not meet expectations, yeah. and. They had one come out, delivered, people wanted a second one, they did it, it delivered, and then they wanted a third one, you know what I mean? That's really cool. You don't see that that often. Delivered again. I started Banner Saga, I haven't gone back to it, um, but yeah, I, everything stuff, you man. said, I I agree with. I talked about it a long time ago whenever I had played it. Um, yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention before we hop into news is, that's pretty cool that uh, Kevin Feige is finally getting uh, an award from like the film industry. He's getting an achievement award, which is cool. I think far too often nice. in like Hollywood and stuff, they turn their nose up to like superhero movies and they say they're not real films and all this crap. But I think it, well, what, or him my, not having written or directed something directly. <laughs> I know it's a weird way to say it, but like yeah. you know, not having his hands in there, um, that is something that's very cool, Jerry. Well, yeah, even the people who have had their hands in there haven't really gotten the recognition they deserve. You know, this whole Dark Knight fiasco. Um, so it's like it's just been something where Hollywood has kind of turned their nose up to superhero movies forever, and it's just cool to see them finally acknowledge, like, oh, he did something special. We can actually stop being so, um, you know, I don't real, know. Real, <laughs> real quick, and I mean that in the double E sort of way. What's the Dark Knight fiasco? Oh, that, you know, people believe that it should have won a lot more awards at the Oscars and stuff than it did. Um, there was a whole oh, thing that, there like... there was some recent controversy no, no. for whatever reason. It was just, like, when yeah, it had I mean, come out, and they're, like... It was clearly the best film that year, but because it was well, a superhero film... I think it's even worse than people are saying there, where it's, like... If Heath Ledger hadn't have died, they wouldn't have given him that award, which is fucked up, because he deserved it, whether he died yeah. or not. The only reason they gave him that Oscar, I think, is because he died. Not because he wasn't good enough, but because they would have turned their fucking noses up. Yeah. It's like the pretentious nature of it is really frustrating. Um, just because a film's pretentious doesn't mean it's any better. Like, I, I, Anyways, <laughs> to the news. <laughs> yeah. So the first bit of news is actually a follow-up to a rumor we had talked about either last week or the week before. Uh, we were talking about this rumor of this Xbox subscription service where you could get an Xbox One X, Xbox Game Pass, and uh, Live Gold for two years for $35 a month payments. No upfront fee, you just have to pass a credit check. Um, and 
it, it's actually true. Xbox came out and announced it's called Xbox All Access, and there's actually two different plans. Uh, we assumed that there was going to be one for One S, but we didn't know a price point. That one turns out to be $22 a month, and after you go through all the MSRP, I actually, after we had finished the episode when I gave the MSRP price versus the final numbers, I had realized I only counted a year of Game Pass in gold, not two years. So that's why my mouth was kind of wonky. Um, but the actual numbers are that Xbox One S uh, subscribers to this will save $130 at the end of it. So you're actually saving money in the long run by doing this, which is kind of crazy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's not, that it's like the that. opposite of what you were thinking. Well, no, so the what the math I did for the Xbox One X was that you would be spending an extra $100. It turns out you're actually saving 20 bucks, which isn't that drastic, but it's still, you're saving 20 bucks in the long run. And then the Xbox One S, which we didn't know about, that one you're actually saving $130, which is crazy. Um, I'm all for options. I think some people are freaking out saying, like, I don't want this to be the way it is. And it's like, you can still buy your console outright. I don't People get so dramatic, man. Um, Almost, but it seems like this is a good deal if you're... Like us, we know we're gonna be there for several years if we were getting into it. Oh yeah, a uh, new Xbox right now, so it's like, why wouldn't you almost? Also, depending on like responsibilities and stuff, it's a lot easier. Though it makes more financial sense to just wait to save up the money to buy something outright. For some people, it's just they want to get in. So like at launch, you could just I'll pay thirty five bucks or twenty two bucks a month. This also opens up a tier of like more expensive consoles where like. You could potentially release like a seven hundred or eight dollar, eight hundred dollar console, and have them go on this monthly system, and people might be more open to that possibility. I'm not saying next year or anything, but down the line, having people buy it this way could open up that. You know what I mean? In terms of like, like a super console. Exactly. Yeah. Sounds kind of like cell phones, Jared. It's almost as if we had heard that Xbox kind of wanted to do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've never gone that route with cell phones. I'm not somebody who gets on that plan. Do either of you do that? Are you in the, like, the iPhone thing, or have you been? Do you have experience with that kind of system? Yeah, no, I, I do that I... now. Okay. Go ahead, Dom. Yeah, I've done that with, like, my last two phones, or, like, my current phone and my last one, but, um, where, it, yeah, it's no interest, but you just pay monthly for it. Um, it's still yours at the end, um, but it's kind of a, in that scenario, it's kind of a, it's still a bit of a, not a scam, but, like, it's not, it's not as good of a deal as it, you know, leads you out to believe. Because for one, in all these all these situations, it's like I'm starting to realize, like, it's not necessarily the smartest move because, <clears throat> oh, it sounds like you can afford it, but you can't afford it any more than you could if you had to pay it all up front, if that makes sense. Even though, if, I mean, yeah, like, everyone has different responsibilities, whatever it is, but, like, it's still the same amount of money, it, but they make you feel like it's less, but it's not. Um still a better deal than a lot of loans and things like that where you're actually paying for credit but um but with the phones they tend to after a year the battery shit out or whatever it is they're pretty much i, I assume they're all planned to be they've got broken. to be dude the way it works you know I mean? like you can see it like it's one day it's this thing and then you wake up the next morning your battery's completely different right and a lot of it is like yeah if you take real good care of your phone and you're constantly cleaning it not physically cleaning it but like you know clearing out old files and things like that like you could then yeah you could probably keep it you know faster and the battery i don't know there's much else you can do and a lot of them i don't know about iphones anymore but i don't think you can replace the battery yourself but i just feel like yeah they're selling you this like no interest like financing but really like they know you're gonna buy a new one 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I am very but, yeah. deliberate with my phones. Um, like, I chose to get the iPhone 6S uh, last fall when I was buying a new phone because I wanted the headphone jack. Because mm. um, it was the last iPhone with a headphone jack. Um, 6S Plus, I should say. And because um, I have giant hands. And um, so I just bought it outright. Obviously, it was pretty expensive, but I went ahead and did that. And um, yeah, I chose not to get like the 7 or 8 or X or whatever just because um, some of those things weren't worth it. But moreover, I wanted to keep my headphone jack and all that. So yeah, I plan to keep it for several years because I could, you know, if I wanted to say fuck Verizon, which I don't feel like that. Uh, then I could go to AT&T with it or whatever. Um, and also I try to keep, uh, keep it in good condition, keep it in good cases and screen protectors. And then, um, you know, I'm about the accessories. Um, I actually did crack the screen, the first phone screen I've ever cracked, uh, that last fall. And it cost me several hundred dollars, but still, as long as I don't fuck anything else up, It'll be cheaper than you know doing the, the payment. Option. The good news is the you know the the good side of it is we get you know badass brand new phones released every single year because they can charge so much for them. So that's something to look for on the console side. Like if this trend continues, like you know what I mean, then they should be making more money. They should be putting out better consoles with more frequency. That's something to think about too. That's yeah. kind of the other the good side yeah. of it. Too, well, so. And the thing too is you can you can uh, you know complete your purchase and buy the whole thing and opt out at any point and just buy it all yeah. outright which like we yeah. were not thinking about the scenarios where maybe you're a kid working in high school or something and you can't afford the 22 bucks a month you can't afford the 500 bucks or whatever it is or the you know 250 um but you and the new console comes out and that's something i want to get to in terms of scarlet the new console comes out and at launch you're able to pay the 22 bucks a month and then maybe your birthday or the holidays are around the corner and you get some money from your family pay and your parents off. or whatever and then yeah. you can just pay it off right so it's like you want to get in with all your friends and you can't really afford to do that but you do plan to pay it off and not continue to do it for two years you know what i mean so there are yeah. those options it's certainly like options. getting in yeah do you guys think yeah. that scarlet will launch with this uh option available for people scarlet what and for those playing? who don't know, Pro- Project Scarlet is the next Xbox. That's the code name for yeah. it. Yeah, I absolutely. Yeah, this is like, just like uh, Game Pass, and just like, um, obviously Xbox Live. <clears throat> They're going to be continuing these services right on into the next gen. Well, it's crazy, man. If you can get people in out of the gate at thirty bucks a month, you guarantee them Game Pass, you guarantee them Xbox Live Gold, and you guarantee them backwards compatibility at launch for only like thirty-five bucks. That's pretty good. You know Xbox what I mean? Xbox is for the people. At launch, that's that's actually a really good deal. And I know I don't I personally wouldn't sign up for it at launch. I'd rather just buy the console. Um, but for people out there the option of doing that, I think that does when people are sitting there thinking, Do I get the Xbox or not? I mean, having that low entry point is pretty crazy. I it's I just don't know if because we have the rumor of it there being the normal console and then the streaming one. I don't think the streaming one would enter subscription. Do you think? Because it's already so cheap, rumored anyways. To be like, what, what was it like, one fifty two hundred at launch? Yeah, yeah who the, knows? The, yeah, the streaming know. one that introduces so many other like weird questions. Yeah, right, like, yeah. Do you stream just Game Pass games, and do you subscribe to that? Can you still buy a game for sixty dollars, but then you can only stream it? And like, you know what I mean? There's a lot of. Can you stream it for a week and pay less? Or you know what I mean? 
can they work out deals like that? There's a lot there that uh, it could be a lot of different things. I think at launch they wouldn't make it that complicated. I think it would just be the Xbox, basically the Xbox OS being streamed to you, kind of like how I do on my computer with the app. You know what I mean? Um, mm, I like think play anywhere. Yeah, I think it. I, I think it'd be that, and eventually you'd get those other systems put into place, Dom. But I couldn't see it launching with all of those different things. I think that's way too confusing for consumers right. who aren't even used to that type of thing. Yeah, I think it'd just be like basically like, oh yeah, it's just like an Xbox, except it's cheaper and it just streams the games, and it's just that a digital marketplace. You know, that is how Play Anywhere works, right? Where, like, you have Gears of War on your Xbox One, and then you can stream it to the app on your PC. Well, no. X, play anywhere is if you buy it on Xbox, you you can download it on your PC. Right, but would they let you stream it too in case you didn't want that's to a, pick up your That's a different space? thing. That's a, those are two separate things. So play anywhere yeah. is its own thing. Where if you buy a game on Xbox, you own it on PC as well. The right. app essentially, it's a bad correlation for me because I'll explain how it works. Your Xbox is on, and it just streams your Xbox feed to your computer through the app. Right. So, so it streams so your actual Xbox. Yeah. That's available for anything and has been. Yeah, because it's just basically streaming your television without your television, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Um, and there's, like, the latency so on it's like really surprising. Play is what it is. Essentially, yeah, that's what it is. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about this, or you guys want to move forward get to the quickie news? Yeah, let's go. Okay, so the first bit of quickie news is that uh, Battlefield Five has been delayed a month. So it was originally coming out October 19th, which is a week before Red Dead Redemption 2 and a week after Call of Duty Black Ops 4. It is now coming out November 20th, which is about a week after Fallout 76 and a little less than a month after Red Dead 2. Um, some people are speculating that they wanted to get out of the way of October because it's a very busy month. Other people are speculating that they just needed to get extra work done. My theory on it, and we were talking about it before the show, Dom, I think this is just that they want to be able to have the Battle Royale come out as close to launch as possible. Um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily going to launch with Battlefield, but I do think that that's one of the factors for them delaying. It's only a month, so it can't be something drastic, you know what I mean? It can't be something like very bad with the game that they have to go back and, and fix. I think it's something more minor or a couple of factors, like... You know, moving out of October because it's busy, on top of the fact, like, hey, let's get the extra three weeks to work on Battle Royale so it launches closer to when we release the game. I think it's a bunch of little factors, not necessarily, like, some big, glaring red light. What do you guys think? Yeah, definitely. It could yeah, be all those things, things, yeah. Right? Yeah, they need more time uh, just to polish the game as is, potentially. Or, yeah, they want more time to get it closer to having that Battle Royale, you know ready and then and then also yeah november was kind of surprisingly not that loaded um it, it was yeah we were more early heavy with in october this year so yeah they're making potentially better a better spot to release it at uh, with less around it so yeah i think it's a lot of different things probably not just one necessarily you know, single thing. yeah so real quick i'm looking at the release list october has forza horizon 4 odyssey super mario party black ops 4 uh Red Dead Redemption 2, Soul Calibur 6, and obviously Dark Souls Remastered and Dark Souls Trilogy. And November, at the beginning of the month, it has Overkill's The Walking Dead, which no one's really going to buy, unfortunately. Well, maybe fortunately, I don't know. Um, and the other major releases there are Darksiders 3, which is a, a you know a mid-tier game. It's not going to really have to worry about competition. Spyro, didn't even know that. Spyro Reignited Trilogy, right, which got delayed previously from September, my birthday. Hitman 2... 
Fallout 76, and Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. So it's only major, like, AAA competitors are Fallout 76 and Pokemon Let's Go. Let's Go is only on the Switch, obviously. And then Fallout 76 is, I think, a, Pokemon. a different audience, you know? So... I was going to say Pokemon's a way different audience. Fallout 76 well, that, yeah, is a little yeah. bit of overlap, maybe, but still different enough, yeah. Yeah, it just... Um, I, th- you know, we we remember talking about Titanfall 2 and how they cannibalize their own game, and I think this is just them, like, what would it hurt us to delay it a month? You know what I mean? So, yep. yeah, I'm not too worried about it either way. Um, the second bit of quickie news is something that is exciting for me personally. Uh, a while back I talked about Subnautica, which is this underwater exploration uh, crafting game. Uh, really cool for people who are afraid of going underwater, deep sea, or sharks. I don't recommend it, um, <laughs> but I really enjoy it. Um, and they but you recently, do recommend the game. Yeah, I recommend the game for people who maybe don't have those fears. It's pretty immersive in that sense, so you can it could probably lead to some uncomfortable screaming or tension or anxiety. So I don't know. Don't they have it in VR too? Yeah, they have uh, it in VR as well. Uh, and it's not even, you don't have to worry about sharks because it's on an alien planet. You have to worry about stuff that's like way creepier and weirder. Um, okay. Yeah. So they recently announced that there's going to be a standalone Arctic expansion for the game called Below Zero, um, which is, it's basically, you know, instead of taking place in a more neutral, I wouldn't say tropical, but more neutral type ocean space, this one is there's glaciers and, you know, very cold and stuff like that. So it looks interesting. Um, I mean, they didn't have no price point on the announcement. So, and it's standalone, so obviously you can buy this without buying the regular Subnautica. I'm interested to see how that goes. Like, do you get a discount for the owning Subnautica? You know what I mean? Um, we'll see what happens. I just thought it was cool to hear more about this game. Um, because this yep. game, I think, is still, like, partially in early access on some platforms. So it reads more of, like, a, a Minecraft or a Fortnite, and it's not, like, hasn't fully released yet. Um, so I'm excited for that. The last two bits of quick Sounds news. sub-radical. Sub- huh. Sub-radical. Um, wasn't that the name of Cliffy B? What was the name of Cliffy B's failed battle royale? Radical Heights? I think that's what it was, yeah. Um, you're <laughs> just saying Radical reminded me of it. The last two bits of quickie news are also Xbox related um, from our story about All Access. Uh, they're releasing a new Robot White Elite controller for 150 bucks, releasing in October. We had rumors that it was going to be a controller, and then we had rumors that it wasn't a controller, and it turns out it was. It was the new Elite controller. Um, it's all white, it's really pretty. Uh, if I had an extra hundred fifty bucks, robot white. Yeah, that's what it's specifically described as robot white. Bruh, this is robot white. Um, I I love like the elite controllers. I think they're great. I've actually been able to use one. I don't own one, but I've been able to use one, and I understand why people buy them. But it's most certainly a luxury item. <laughs> hundred fifty dollar yeah. controller is crazy. Um, yeah, I don't I don't even know that I would have one for PS4. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, it's but it's it's really pretty, and people who love those controllers swear by them. So, uh, the other bit of news is that uh, speaking of Robot White, they announced a Robot White Xbox One X bundle with Fallout seventy six. So this is your first chance to get a white Xbox One X. Um, it's not entirely white though. The top half is white, and then the bottom part is black. You know, like an Xbox One X that has like the smaller part in the bottom. So it's like all white, and then the bottom part is black. Just thought yeah, it'd it looks be good on the S. Yeah, um, so it's like matching, I guess. If you were to have both, I don't know, or maybe you you bought the you designed your entertainment center in a way that matched the S, and then they just you know you have a comparable upgrade, so it matches the same. Or, I don't know. 
You got that robot white entertainment center, bro. <laughs> exactly, that robot white living room you looking like your hospital. Robot white leather couch. You got that robot white interior in your home, in your abode. That, ro- that yeah, robot white cyborg wife. Um, <laughs> Jared with the Homer. Uh, the last bit of news before hopping to our topic, real quick. People are wondering if there's a new PS4 model on the way or if we found out what the PS5's codename is. Uh, the codename for PS5 what? may have been found via two console lists on Unreal Engine 4's backend. The codename is apparently Erebus, or Erebos, spelled both ways, and fits in line with the Greek-themed codenames uh, that we've previously seen. Erebus, who's described as darkness personified, is often referred to as one of the first five to exist. There's the hint at, like, possibly PS5. It's believed to be an iteration of the PS4, though, as opposed to the PS5, considering the Greek naming convention has been used only for the PS4 line of products, including PS4, PSVR, and PS4 Pro. So I just want to talk real quick. What are you guys leaning towards more? Do you think this is uh, a new PS4 hardware, or do you think this is PS5, Erebos, or Erebus? Wasn't... VR and PS4 Pro uh, Matrix project names? Neo uh, and those, Morpheus? Well, those are Greek. <laughs> Matrix got that from Greek mythology. So, I guess they were referencing uh, Greek mythology the whole time, and everybody's like, oh, cool, dude, the PlayStation's <laughs> in the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> there was, yeah, it was Morpheus, Neo, and then I forgot what the first one was. Uh... Orbis is PS4's project name. There you go. Yeah. Um, so what do you guys what are you guys leaning more towards? Because there is a there is an argument for both, right? There is an argument that like the fact that it's he's known as one of the first five to exist is kind of a cheeky nod at the PS5. But the fact that we've only seen the naming convention for PS4 related hardware leads you to believe it's possibly just another iteration of the hardware. But, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a counter-argument to that, that maybe they just started the naming convention with PS4, and that's their project naming convention moving forward in perpetuity, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it's it's a it's a weird thing. Like, my, Either way, we're going to get PS5, so, you know, it's like... And the interesting thing, too, is the fact that this is already in Unreal Engine 4's back-end this early. Remember that uh, the PlayStation CEO stated a couple of months ago that we're not seeing the next PlayStation for at least three years. Remember he said that 2021. He said we're not seeing yeah, it for at least three years. there's been so much confusing stuff about that and we know for a fact that new next-gen games are being developed. So it's like they're, they would have already had to be in Unreal doing some of that stuff. There's no way. Like if maybe it's just Xbox because obviously we know about Scarlet if companies have been developing for... Um, there's several companies that have mentioned developing next-gen games before this ever happened, so it's like it kind of doesn't match up as far as uh, PS5 stuff. You know, PS5 well, stuff should have already been in development before this was ever in Unreal. If we think it's coming as early as it is, though, that's the thing. Is maybe no, I'm saying unless they're only talking about Xbox, these uh, developers. Oh, I got there's you. There's been several developers that are like, we're developing next-gen games that aren't going to be on this console. So, unless they're only talking about Scarlet, which I doubt that they are, they've 
had to have already you know been working on uh, PS5 games in engine. So I don't. I'm not. Well, I'm confused. First parties maybe, but we also have the report of like Xbox is probably launching the the new one in 2020. And if we're to believe uh, John Codera from from Sony that we it's going to be another three years. We could possibly see the Xbox launch a year before PlayStation. So that's what I'm saying is I don't necessarily necessarily believe him, and I don't necessarily yeah. even, like his quote was a little bit. Uh, you might be able to pull it up, Jared, uh, but like it was a little vague to me. It didn't. It wasn't concrete, and I don't think these things ever are. I mean, PS3 launched a year later than it was supposed to because of various reasons. So yeah, I'm, I'm just not uh, convinced. His quote basically yeah, I, stated that their projection stated that the sales are going to drastically decline in the fall of 2020. So that's why they're planning on releasing the console in 2021. Um, I read the article, reread it this morning for this specific conversation. So gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, what were we going to say? Yeah, that? I feel like 20. Regardless of what Sony decides to do, I think 2021 is way too fucking late. I think after 2019 is too late. If you ask me, obviously I've mentioned that, but. Um, 2021 sounds ridiculous to me, so whatever. Yeah, I don't think it, I think 2020 at the latest. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as this code word business, I mean, I think it's probably PS5. Yeah, I could see that easily. If I had to guess, you know, I'd say yeah. more likely that because, yeah, we've heard that games are being developed on next gen. So, like, it makes sense that, you know, I mean, in the next, for the rest of this year, I'm guessing we might start, start to hear, you know, couple more things pop up real vague little itty bitty rumors probably Man. many of which aren't true and some are or types of things well the good know. thing is that this isn't fact like we don't know that it's ps5 so that actually is to the benefit of sony right because we don't know if it's sure. actually hardware for a new uh, hardware skew for ps4 or if it's ps5 so that's actually a pretty clever project game in that instance because we don't know you know so i will say so far already out of the gate which we are out of the gate Especially once uh, Phil Spencer mentioned it at E3, um, Xbox is if you know if they do end up releasing before Sony, do end up announcing more in depth before Sony, um, like a real announcement name and all that sort of stuff. Um, so far, they're just squaring them up, man. Because, like I said earlier, Xbox is for the people. They've shown that this generation, they want a lot of people over in a lot of different ways. And Sony has done the opposite in the way that they've handled things. So, I think that if Sony thinks that they're going to come out a year later after Xbox, in 2021, when these consoles are far past ancient, then I think they're fucking kidding themselves. Because what? They're going to have another PS3 situation on their hands when, where, you know... Xbox is already out of the gate, and it's going to take you till the end of the generation to possibly catch up with them. You know? Well, and the crazy thing is, so we've talked about this before, but there's kind of two generalizing. There's two big pulls gamers. There's the hardcore people that are really dedicated to the trophies or the achievements, as well as the exclusives. Yeah. Right? That's one group. Then there's the other group yeah. of people who are, for lack of a better term, fair weather. Like they're they jump ship to whatever. Not necessarily is popular, but what they see is the better option at that time. And I think currently yeah. Xbox has positioned itself very well for that group of people, right? The fair weather people, which is awesome. Yeah. If, if I'm it, even, I would say I'm even fair weather in a sense myself because I am, uh, essentially automatically going to buy each console that gets announced every generation just because I want to play all the fucking games basically. Yeah. So it's like, 
I'm going to jump to whoever's the best right there, right then and there. And you better bet that Xbox is coming to fucking play when they step on the field, son. Like Sony, step up to the plate. Well, and the, the thing I was going to finish with my statement is like, so the general audi- audience can already be leaning towards Xbox. The people who aren't necessarily that, the people that are hardcore tied to PlayStation trophies and tied to ex- uh, PlayStation exclusives, which are great, that year advantage actually gives Xbox a really good pull there because if it's a year until the next PlayStation comes out and you're hardcore and you are somebody who buys the consoles, that gives them a little bit of an easier decision. Not that they would make it, but like PS5 doesn't come out for another year, I'm fine with yeah. buying an Xbox because it's a year. You like know what I mean? Said. Yeah, if these consoles are just like how they're going to look compared to the other stuff that we're looking at on our screens in 2020 and 2021 is going to be ridiculous. And so, yeah, when that crispy stuff comes out, um, yeah, people are going to say, fuck a year, I'm not waiting. And here's the other thing that we're going to get into right now. We're talking about a game that will probably be next gen or at least cross cross gen. Imagine if Xbox not only releases a year before PS5 but also has Cyberpunk with it early on that's gonna be pretty crazy you know what i mean absolutely um absolutely let's hop into that conversation real quick cyberpunk 2077 cd project red posted a random stream where people were wondering what the announcement was going to be this took place after gamescom bunch of numbers and stuff hopping on screen people are wondering what's going to go on they started up the stream turns out they showed the 48 minute demo that people saw at e3 and at gamescom uploaded it to youtube afterwards to let everybody watch I want to talk about it. We don't need to go into super specifics in terms of recapping the 48 minutes, but I just want to start off with going through all of our negatives first because I kind of want to get that out of the way, and then I just want to talk about all the stuff we're actually excited for. But I do know that we are critical, and we look at things, and there's things we might not have liked in it. So I want to get those out of the way first, and then we'll talk about all the positives. Is that cool? So I want to talk about – I know you're going to go on your uh, – your, I know you definitely want to talk about – uh, I know one thing you're you want is third person. It's for- it's not even about that. I, I'll go. Just go ahead. Just go. Okay. So I have only two things that I found were overtly. I wouldn't say neg, not negative in the sense of like oh I don't want to play this game anymore, but just things that I hope get changed when the game comes out. Um, so the first thing is I love how detailed the world is. I love all that stuff, and we'll get into that later. One of the things that struck me in this gameplay demo that was super video gamey is that there's a part in the trailer where towards the end where you shoot this guy in the legs, take out his legs, and he goes, oh my god, and then you shoot off his head and his audio clip still continues playing where he says, my my legs, which is like if the guy's mm. head got shot off, why would he still be talking? It's just a minor gripe. My legs. <laughs> yeah, it was just very weird. Ow. It was very video gamey, and those are the type of things that like... There's a lot of stuff that people can argue that they do better than Bethesda or Rockstar, right? CD Projekt Red. Mm. That was definitely one of the things that, like, all of them do that and all of them have that problem. You know what I mean? It was just something that's like... I think that's kind of one of my arguments with God of War where people are shitting their fucking pants over this game and acting like it's the second coming of Xenu. And I'm like, dude, it still has moments where, you know, things are conflicting, whether it's in the story or the gameplay, or just the general game experience, where it's like, this is a video game, you know, you're not, yeah. you, you're, you can't hold it to a higher standard if it doesn't push past those boundaries that we've trying to been trying to get past for so long, and, and it seems like they haven't done it here either. 
Yeah, so my first complaint is there's still very video gamey moments that, um, yeah. from hearing everybody's report of watching this, they were like, oh, it's game-changing, it's totally next-gen, and there are, are very much those things that we'll talk about when we get into the positives. Yes. But I do, I did want to note that there are still very video gamey issues or problems that occur in this. It's not perfect, right? And those, those are some things that they could fix. Um, the other thing, and this one's more crucial, and I think this is something they have gotten a lot of feedback on, and I do think it's something they're going to fix, is um, as somebody, I don't know if people know, I, and this is such an odd and weird thing to say because it's, it's wrapped up in so many different problems with the statement I'm about to make. But normally, people think that I'm fully white because I sound white. Whatever that means. Obviously, that's a whole conversation, right? Don't want to unpack that. Just leave that as it is. I'm I'm half Hispanic. Uh, I grew up predominantly in a Latino um, culture and community and everything like that. Her partner, Jackie, is obviously it seems like of Latino descent. And oh yeah, hombre. His the problem with this dialogue is it's like sixty percent sixty percent authentic, forty percent like. Oh, this is w- what somebody that is Latino should be saying. Um, oh yeah, hombre. Uh, I noticed that too. I was like, do we have to have a Spanish word in every fucking sentence, you Polish dummies? <laughs> like, this is just the same fucking thing. I'm sorry, Jared. I'm jumping into your thing, but this is the same fucking thing as "Don't Nod" and season one of uh, "Life Is Strange." It's like. Do you guys not realize how Americans talk? You don't have to, like... It's not fucking rocket science. You can watch some YouTube videos, watch some movies, and and by Americans, you know what I'm saying, Jared, where it's like, this guy is speaking mostly English, and then, yeah, you would throw in maybe hombre or hermano sometimes, but he's not going to use a Spanish word every fucking sentence. Yeah, it's like... there. So, a lot of times when people speak Spanglish... Um, it's a lot of times the usually the only Spanish word that stays in there is our terms of endearment or words they don't know, and that's not necessarily how they were using it. It very much was yeah. here's his line of dialogue. Which one of these words is going to be ethnic? Got it. Yeah, okay. no, I think of Spanglish is like the sentence kind of like free flows and goes back and forth. This exactly. is more the thing where it's like, oh, Mad he's libs. grown up in a Latino community. <laughs> Maybe he moved here from Mexico or wherever. The, you know, we don't know about this world, but yeah. um, you get it where it's like he's speaking Eng- He clearly knows how to speak English, and he just likes to throw in a little Mexican spice every now and then or whatever. So, yeah, it was. It reminded me towards the end where I was like, God damn it, you guys. This sucks because, you know, they obviously didn't have that problem with The Witcher with it being a more European fantasy. Slavic, vibe, so. yeah. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it definitely read as like, uh, diversity Mad Libs, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. fill in the Spanish word here. I think that definitely is something that can get fixed. They can go back and rewrite dialogue and re-record that stuff, I, and they've heard a lot of feedback on it, and I, I, I trust CD Projekt Red is hearing that and being like, oh, okay, we get it, we messed up, right? And it's it's very apparent when it's your sidekick in a game like this, where you're interacting with them constantly. Whereas if this was not that it would be all right or correct, but if it was a random NPC you ran into for one mission or something, it's not the same as this dude is probably going to be with you for an extent of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so a great example actually is a comic that I read, uh, just this week. It was uh, Supergirl, maybe 13 or something. But anyways, it's, 
maybe 14 or 15, she goes to see, it's the one where she goes and teams up with New Superman in China. And she speaks Mandarin because she's been trying to learn all the Earth's languages. And um, so he, you know, they have, they show you uh, different colored dialogue is in different languages. So the Mandarin's in blue. And then he just says, cool, in black, in English, before he says the rest of his sentence, before they fly off. Um, and he just speaks the rest of Mandarin. And um, that's more like it. That's, you know, just like sometimes we as uh, Americans would just be like, all right, adios, guys, when you're yeah. saying goodbye to all your other random friends. And so it's not like you're just kind of mixing it in there, and that's more natural, and that's more how real life works. Yeah, like I said, it's mostly like terms of endearment for the most part or like greetings, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, this made... Uh, another, sorry, real quick, great example, Blue Beetle on Young Justice. Exactly. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I, I thought I was like, oh, I'm probably just... Sometimes when you see stuff like this, I don't know, at least me, I look at myself and I'm like, am I being too sensitive? Am I being too dramatic no, about no, this? No, I'm, um, I was annoyed. Yeah, especially if I'm somebody who comes from that, that community and stuff like that. It's like, well, am I being too... Uh, judgmental about this or whatever and then I saw yeah. the outpouring of people being like yo this dialogue is cringy you know um, it's not even yeah it's not even really offensive and I know that's not what you're saying it's really just like goofy and like, like unauthentic really it's just like yeah yeah it's just like kind of shitty which is unfortunate to say but yeah yeah anyways those are my only two negatives uh the major ones I wanted to point out, especially that last one. Uh, was there anything overtly negative for you guys that you guys want to talk about? Or mention, at least? Not really. No. <laughs> Not okay. really? Okay, cool. So I'll go and just try to wrap this in real quick. I don't want to talk too long about this, but I just want to say that there's... Uh, I'm definitely still like shook with this game, and I'm definitely still... Uh, in a real weird place. I'm not saying I'm worried that the game's not going to be great. I'm not saying I don't uh, like trust that these guys are going to get the job done. I just am in a weird spot with this, and I think a lot of people are, and it doesn't seem like things have necessarily changed with what you were, the incident that you're just describing, Jared. So um, what I'm talking about, though, is the first-person, third-person type deal compounded with some of the other things that we've been hearing about CD Projekt Red where, um, you know, there's been a lot of stuff about former employees talking about how um, kind of shitty the working conditions can be slash uh, kind of mismanaged it is or poorly managed it can be. Um, and so things are just kind of shaky there. They've even had to respond to that. They've had leaks with, uh, with Cyberpunk. There's just been all kinds of stuff. They've been working on this game forever. They announced it way before The Witcher, which is just a mistake in the end and so that all leads into this whole first third person situation where I see it that now that I have kind of the better perspective on it and especially with this and the other letter that they also put out with this I look back at E3 and them uh, putting out that trailer at the end of Xbox and then afterwards going oh by the way it's a first person game and then a lot of us especially CDPR hardcore or Witcher hardcore it's like wait what the fuck hold on you announced this game fucking before the witcher you guys are creators of third person action role playing games and then all of a sudden you're just going to drop it I think it just felt like that's not how CD Projekt usually has worked they're usually open and honest and the fact that they dropped that afterwards and then they have this behind the closed doors demo um, 
and then drop this not that long after and then they have the letter that says you know we were nervous about showing it to you we think the game's probably going to change a lot in the course of the development and um it just it's i'm getting vibes of them feeling you know uneasy with their crowd and like i said this uh incident is not going to change anything uh with the accent or whatever you want to call it the dialect um, and so it's just they're in a, a little bit of a weird spot and this game is in a little bit of a weird spot um, it looks obviously like a very quality game I am starting to get to the point where I just think it's a little ridiculous about the first and third person thing and I'd actually have to disagree with your argument now Jared that uh, it is because of uh, it being a denser city versus the Witcher's nature the reason I disagree with that now is because we know that you can drive in third person and that's a much wider point of view and you're seeing a lot more and sometimes you're going by it fast but sometimes you can just kind of trail along you know and and um, you can also do like the they have the character models you know I've talked about that how like the some of the dialogues in third person when you're choosing choices and then some of it's in first and they're talking about immersion and I'm like I don't know. It, it's cool how you're in first person and you get mods and so your HUD changes because it's actually a HUD within your modded eyeball or whatever. But then you're also choosing dialogue options and you wouldn't do that if you're like fully immersed, you know, if you're this person or whatever. So I don't know why they don't just switch when they're doing cutscenes. Um, there's just some weird stuff wrapped in that and I don't... I I know for a fact that there's no way as soon as they started working on cyberpunk they were just like well yeah this one's first person why wouldn't it be and you know witcher's third but this is obviously first i'm sure that this has been something that they've bounced back and forth on and thinking back on it now it is weird the way that they dropped it after the e3 trailer and then now that the way that they're acting still kind of shaky and the stuff that we've had recently it's it's just put me in a weird spot but um i'm still excited i didn't necessarily even want to watch this just because I'm obviously going to be playing the game, and um, you know I consider pretty much everything a spoiler now, just because I love going into stuff blind. Now that I've experienced that on a lot of different levels, and um, obviously I'm going to see gameplay. I watched the trailer a million times, but um, yeah, this it looks like a solid game. I'm sure they'll work it out. I'm sure this isn't like a a Bioware Edmonton situation or whatever, where they're clearly like the fucking C team and they don't need to be working on Mass Effect. I don't think that's what that is, but I do think that there is some weird shakiness kind of going on here, and in the first third person, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm obviously going to play the game, but it's just, they clearly, it's almost like, you guys know, like, you know it was weird the way you did that, just like dropped it afterwards, you know, and like, it's up on IGN in an article that it's first person, um, and so for for all this uh, kind of wrapped into the package, that would just be my negative. And then obviously I mentioned my positives. And I will also say, I, I think that um, out of all the different cyberpunk stuff that we've got recently, I think this is kind of nailing it the hardest. And it's also not like, well, it's cyberpunk, but it's cyberpunk, but it's horror. It's cyberpunk, but it's magic or whatever the fuck. This is just the real deal cyberpunk. And you can tell that they um, have been... Uh, entrenched in the sources for a long time now and I've talked before about how CD Projekt Red started from being you know uh, pirates in real life pirates as far as being like um, you know 
handing over bootlegs and crap like that. They weren't pirates in real life as far as sailing the open seas. But anyways, you get what I'm saying. So they, they're, they're in those roots, and I can tell, and I can feel, and I can dig those vibes because, you know, I'm all about that as well. So I really appreciate the cyberpunk vibe and it feeling purer than it's felt in a while, and there is a lot of cyberpunk stuff out right now. So, yeah. Man, so it's so weird because I'm, I'm so far, so, so far opposite um, from you on a lot of that, Jordan. So, like, ever since first hearing about this game, like, however long ago it was, I was like, I always assumed it was a first-person game. To me, that that was the only thing that made sense, like, hearing some of the those initial details, like, the, the setting and the, the way, it, you know, what's going on. I just didn't think too deeply about it. I just assumed first-person kind of makes sense. So, like, I didn't, I was, like, kind of shocked by everyone's reaction of shock uh, when they, yeah, when they finally said it. That, oh, yeah, it's first-person, like, I don't know, to me, I was like, okay, like, that I made think perfect knowing, sense. knowing, it'd be kind of like if uh, Naughty Dog put out a trailer for their game after Last of Us Part Two, and you're like, holy shit, this is Naughty Dog's next game, it's gonna be fucking awesome, and then they're like, oh, by the way, PlayStation blog, let's just have them put up a post about it being first person, you're like, wait, what the fuck? This is not their lineage. I'm a huge Naughty Dog fan. I know how they work. I know what kind of games they make. Yeah, and they're sure. just going to act like that's not a big deal at all. Yeah. So it's a little bit of you know your you know your uh, your favorite band's new album is is a slightly different genre, and you're shocked, Absolutely. or, or like, you know your uh, Guerrilla Studios or whatever, and all of a sudden it's not a first person shooter, but it's an open world RPG or whatever. So I think we got to remember that first that they're 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 creators, right? So like they're not. They don't want to be stricken necessarily to one, you know, archetype or fuck word I'm thinking of. This is what no, we're trying to do. I think so. maybe maybe what I was trying to say kind of got lost in the shuffle. I'm trying to say that they clearly knew that people were going to have a reaction to it, and they tried to act like it wasn't a thing. So Gorilla knew that people were going to be like, "Whoa, this is way fucking different than Killzone," and so they were open and honest about that, and they didn't just drop it in a blog post somewhere. And that's I think why people have been reacting to it so strangely mm. well either way um moving i mean at least for me moving on past that part of it um i, I forget that this looks so cool and i'm really i really dug it just the vibe it gets the style of what they have going on we're like yeah it's really futuristic but then it's also really shitty right and there's a lot of shitty stuff going on in that world um, Cyberpunk. yeah i liked and i'm not you know as familiar with that genre as you are jordan but um but yeah, I was really digging that and the weird style of everything. I don't know, it was really cool. And then the gameplay itself, I was like, oh, this is interesting because it just made so much, I don't know, just seeing it, I'm like, okay, this this has to be a first person. This wouldn't work as a third person game. That was like what I was, th- because it became such a hot topic. I remember like watching through that gameplay, I'm like, oh yeah, well, this wouldn't work any other way, really. This looks like how it was designed to be from the beginning. Um, so I, I don't know, I thought it looked really cool. I liked the idea um you know of these guns and actually i'm not usually one of those person people that that like you know the numbers popping off when you shoot stuff i usually i don't know that doesn't really do it for me but i don't know i kind of i didn't mind that um and i said it earlier but this to me like looks a lot like fallout uh you know as a first person rpg but just better um obviously different setting and everything but it just looks like a you know a cd project red version of of a fallout style of gameplay so i'm i'm ready for this as Uh, opposed to witcher being more like skyrim uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I could see. Uh, mostly, yeah, yeah. I see, I see what you're saying, but yeah, you know, I don't know. I thought this was awesome. I 
yeah, Jared, I agree that that, that one side character is kind of like, okay, so we we'll we're really doing this overly Mexican thing or whatever. Yeah, like, dumb. I don't. Yeah, this is hopefully it's just ignorance. Just, and they don't realize how it sounds and they're gonna fix it. But yeah, instead going of it off of. Sorry, go ahead, John. Going off of your cyberpunk thing, it's uh, one thing that solidified them nailing it for me, Dom, is the whole CD underbelly is all about. That's what cyberpunk is all about, is like futuristic cities and what their seedy underbelly looks like, what the black market is like. Mm, yeah, and so okay. that's why you were like, oh, it's the future, but shitty. That's what cyberpunk right. is. <laughs> it's all about that, all uh, that criminal underworld of futuristic cities. And so ones that are ruled by corporations as opposed to governments usually. And so um, you got the neon, obviously. You got the the mods and their heads or you know their arms or whatever but then you get the cd underbelly and that's what really solidified it for me um is is that everything though i didn't want to speak over you yeah no i'm feeling good about this i I like pretty much most of what i saw i'm 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 really hyped i still think it's a ways away um by the way they plastered this does not you know this is in development not (laughs) it's not a reflection of final product yeah that um, huge watermark. That's, where, that's like the shakiness I'm talking about, where it's like you guys are a little less confident in this than I think you should be. Well, I mean, recently it's a whole other conversation. The whole recent thing with Spider-Man, where people are like, "Did it get downgraded?" And it's because they like changed the shape of puddles in the lighting system. Like, there's evidence showing that it hasn't been downgraded at all. But there's this huge movement of people being like, "Spider-Man was downgraded in the last year." Yada yada <laughs> yada. So it's like I don't. So they wait. They changed the shape of puddles in like their so internal or whatever. Let me let, let me explain real quick before I get into my cyberpunk positives real quick. <laughs> the so, puddle spiracy. So you know the first mission that they showed where you're up in that building in the rafters and Spider Man fights all of those enemies and then he gets the call from Kingpin, right? Mm-hmm. The E3 demo. Somebody took a screenshot of that in a recent one that was like a Gamescom or this year's E three or something. And when you're going through, you know how there's like puddles on the ground? One of the puddles is a different shape, it's smaller and some of the stuff looks different because the lighting's different. It's a different time of day. So these internet commenters went online like, oh my god, look at this downgrade. It's so bad. What's going on here? Are they having issues? And then somebody's like, no, you're an idiot. Here's a bunch of frames of it. the game actually looking better than it did a year ago. And they showed pictures of like Aunt May looking way more detailed uh, and a bunch of other characters looking way better facially and a bunch of environments looking way more detailed and better. The puddles are small. It was, it was dumb. Well, I want my fucking puddles, Jared. And people are complaining about it, and it's just like, do your research, you're an idiot. Anyways, with, with Cyberpunk, my only... I wouldn't want to say... I guess worry would be the right word to use, but the, the biggest gripe, one of the biggest flaws, quote-unquote, in Witcher's armor in terms of when people would review the game, though it was considered a masterpiece, was the combat, right? That was usually where there was like a, a huge divide. Well... <laughs> For me, if I'm being honest, I haven't beat Witcher 3, obviously, but like being somebody who's huge into Souls and then playing Witcher 3, I don't think it's bad, but I do think it's not necessarily the the best part of that game. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it measures up to a lot of the other stuff that Witcher does great. Um, so that's the one worry I have. Exactly. Or Dark yeah. Souls 3. Yeah.
let me yeah I'm not saying it's bad I'm just saying that was the one gripe that people had in reviews and stuff <laughs> yeah uh let me get through this stuff because we're running kind of long. Uh, but real quick, what I was going to say, my one worry is I want, I want to see how good the shooting feels considering it's something they haven't really done before. Um, that's one thing that I'm kind of worried about that I hope the shooting feels good. Um, uh, because, like, the RPG stuff, it's probably they're going to nail that stuff, right? It's CD Projekt Red. But, like, I want the shooting to feel good if it's a game that's primarily centered around shooting, though some people don't think it's a shooter. <laughs> um... I'm just interested to see how that actually feels when you play it, because um, it looked cool on the video, but shoot, you know, it's different than holding the controller and playing it yourself. Anyways, real quick, going through my positives. One, I think that street cred being a, an RPG stat in this game is really cool and interesting. How your clothing can give you better street cred, it's pretty funny. Um, two, mm, I think you mean charisma. Uh, Thanks, Fallout. Well, I think charisma might also be in the game, but street cred is something different. Because like, I think charisma usually has to do with dialogue i think street cred could do with dialogue or it could do with environments and if people think you're suspicious or stuff like that um street like, cred is like if in fallout people looked at your clothes and went oh you're cool and then you got like point boost yeah because even in the Did demo somebody's like oh are you part of militech or whatever it's like oh you don't look street enough anyways uh the audio design and when you're when you wake up and you're in your room and the music is playing in the in the main room and then you go to your closet area, like it gets muffled again. I think that's a really cool detail of like the audio is actually coming from a point of you know in the room. It's not necessarily just playing uh, in the background. So I think that's really cool. Um, I already talked about Jackie's dialogue being cringy. Uh, Night City I think feels alive. I love how uh, the people oh, look yeah, unique and cool. diverse. Like it's not just carbon copies of people in different outfits like there's so many unique designs of individuals that it does look like an actual city um when you're getting your orbital upgrade uh loyalty discounts are always cool in rpgs um getting those discounts for going back to people for upgrades um the preparation and scouting i like the fact that that matters in missions like you know scouting from the top of the bridge and finding out like how many people are with that agent and stuff like that i really like like if you're willing to put in the time to do your homework it pays off which is really cool uh batman style do your homework um what else here I'm trying to see if there's anything else i have uh the dialogue and choices i like that there's they showed benefits and consequences that's normally something that's talked about in rpgs but actually seeing that play out and at the end the narr uh, the narrator talking about all the different ways of like oh well what if you just paid for it yourself or what if you didn't tell royce that you actually got the chip from somebody you know it's like all oh, of those could have played out differently um, I would love if it rewinded and went through them quickly, but that's definitely a trademark of Quantic Dream, that in posting photoshopped images of uh, co co-workers. Um, and then, Jesus. lastly, the problem-solving and uh, different skills. Uh, if you guys remember at the end of the demo, you could have gone through this area, but you didn't have the hacking skills required. So she climbed up to this other area and used her engineer skills to uh, like reroute the power. And again, a better fallout. Just saying. Uh, I think it's different. I wouldn't say it's... I th There's a whole argument there of, like, Breath of the World and stuff like that. And um, I do think it does some stuff dramatically better. Obviously, Fallout 4 is a way older game, too. Whatever. Uh, anyways, those are some of the things I found really awesome about uh, the Cyberpunk demo. Um, we're running a little long, so we'll close out here. Uh, real quick, I'm going to be playing The Messenger. I'll probably have it beaten by next week. Uh, I want to try to get it done before Spider-Man comes out, because that's, what, next Friday? I think I'm right about that. Next Friday, I think. Um, gonna start up the Spider-Man book, too. I haven't started that up yet, so I'm probably gonna be reading that as well. 
Um, and, uh, excuse me, I think that's pretty much it. I'm going to be watching and reading everything else I'd already talked about. But the messenger is kind of my focus. I want to try to get that beat before Spider-Man comes up, before I deep dive in there with my shiny new PS4. So, what about you guys? Mm. Dark Souls, man. Keep praising. Keep praising that sun. Keep keep praising. Keep raisins. What about you, Jordan? Keep raisins. I don't know if I'm going to recover from that, bud. Um, so, I am just want to say I'm getting pumped for Spidey. Uh, you know, to be honest here. I'm a little less pumped now that I know that we've got to deal with smaller puddles. <laughs> Some but, puddles are smaller. You know. The sun's in a different area. How does that work? Ooh, I don't know about Puddle all gate. that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about all that. The earth's uh, flat, but, so how is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, getting excited for that, I am going to be uh, watching some Ozark that comes out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Season 2. It's going to look gorgeous in 4K. I'm going to be playing some more Banner Saga. I'm going to be playing possibly some more Dead Cells. I'm hopefully going to get around to that season 4, episode 1. I completely Dead. forgot about that. Oh my god, I need to get to that too. Yeah, oh boy, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I'll definitely be playing some more Final Fantasy 7. And I think that I'll be watching some Young Justice and some Justice League. I'll be... Um, oh, I'm also going through the spider-man movies the original trilogy oh me too uh, kind of funny <laughs> yeah and uh i've you know especially when i'm re-watching movies now i'll stop and start them and kind of just watch them however i want in the background or what the fuck ever and, bless uh, you so i've probably got you know maybe an hour left in the original spider-man but god damn dude i love this movie and i loved it when i was you know seven or eight years old seeing it in the theater maybe nine uh but this movie's really fucking good and honestly this movie is a lot better than a lot of the mcu movies whoa there's me and you are on that, opposite ends of the field because i <laughs> dude there's stuff that doesn't quite hold up like i get that the green goblin suit looks a little hokey it doesn't look bad um, especially when norman's eyes are popping out like he raises up his lenses um, but the CG, I think, actually looks solid, and I like the way Spider-Man flips around and moves. Um, yeah, Tobey Maguire looks a little too old. I think James Franco looks like he could be, you know, a, a junior or senior in high school. He look um, 35. <laughs> dude, James Franco looks like he could be a high schooler in this film. I I was, like, really looking at him, I'm like, yeah, I know high schoolers that look like that. Joe Manganiello looks like he's in his mid-30s. <laughs> Now, I was just about to jump to him and say, that's ridiculous. He looks like he's in his, you know, late It's like the pinnacle of having, like, 30-year-olds playing high schoolers, and, like, some of them you can kind of see, and some of them it's like, oh, boy, this is... I think, here's the thing. I think other than Joe Joe Manganiello, I think they should have just made him college age. Because I think, uh, obviously, James Franco gets away with it. I think Tobey Maguire can get away with college age, and I think that... Um, Kirsten Dunst could get away with college age in this movie so it's like I don't really get why they didn't just make him 18 or 19 um, but that's still not as big of a deal to me because Amazing Spider-Man is kind of the same way and it just it's just how things are unfortunately because of the way uh, child labor laws are yeah yeah like if child labor laws weren't the way they are then we could have like 
it'd be really cool if, you know, Tom Holland was actually, like, 17 playing Spider-Man, but that's not how shit works. I mean, there's also Tom the opposite Holland's argument. It's easier school. to, not in Spider-Man, but in Hollywood in general, it's easier to do sexualized storylines if you have somebody who's over the legal age playing those roles. Huh. True. Good point. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's weird because teens shit. do like having sex, but to actually film teens having sex <laughs> for a movie or whatever would be weird, right? Yes. So, <laughs> yes. Um, so, anyways... Um, point being, that doesn't kill the movie for me. Um, what makes the movie great is the uh, plotting and the way the story is told. The directing is fantastic. The character building is a lot better than these Marvel movies. Sure, the humor is probably not there like the Marvel movies, but that I don't think is something that's necessarily missed. This movie, I think, does such a great job of giving you the feeling of New York and how that connects to the character of Spider-Man. Um, I think it does the origin well, even though, you know, we've seen it a thousand times and heard the responsibility and power line a thousand times. I just think it's so well done, and I, um, I'm just uh, really fucking enjoying it. So yeah, yeah. I just for me on the opposite spectrum of that, um, I do think a lot of what you say is true. But for me, there's like Velveeta levels of cheese in the movie. Um, I think a lot of the effects personally don't hold up, and. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot about... Like, I don't... As much as I'm saying there's a lot of things I don't like about the movie, I still think it's good. I think I have to disagree with you saying it's better than than some of the Marvel movies, the MCU movies. If you're saying Marvel movies, yeah, like Daredevil's garbage. But, like, uh, the movie, not the TV show. A lot show. of the MCU. This is better yeah, see, than Thor 1 and 2. This is... I think uh, those are the only movies it's better than. I really don't think it's good. No, I don't this think it holds is, up. But. This is better than Incredible Hulk by far. Oh, forgot about that. Uh, That's MCU. Yeah, it's better than that too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could... I mean, I'm enjoying this way more than I enjoyed Ant-Man and the fucking Wasp. That's crazy. To me. For my opinion. Dude, uh, Ant-Man was mind, dumb, bro. man. You're out of your mind, bro. This is a cr- well-crafted film. Ant-Man and the Wasp. In 2000. In the 2000s, Ant-Man maybe. and the Wasp is a solid movie. But that's what I'm saying, Jared, is like, you, I get where you're coming from with the, the CG stuff, and I hear a lot of people on the same slant these days on the internet, and it's just like, it's you, it's so difficult to understand where they're coming from in that time and how good that CG looks. Like, I'm remembering it as I was nine, and I'm not saying like from a nine-year-old's perspective, but I'm just remembering like... Wow, this looks fucking awesome for today's, you know, the year 2000, whatever, yeah. CG graphics. So that's how I'm looking at it through that lens. Yeah, I don't adjust for inflation when it comes to entertainment usually, so that's, I think, there my scope for it. Um, but we're running very long, so we have to cut it off here. Thank you guys for so listening. let's talk about Spider-Man PS4's puddles for a little uh, while. Thank you guys for listening to the Controlled Interest Gamecast. We'll be back next week. If you can, please follow us on uh, iTunes, leave a review if you can. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Like the video if you can as well. Follow us on Twitter. I am at Jared underscore. Dom is at Dom Zorios. Jordan is at Malamotis. And the Controlled Interest Twitter is C-T-R-L-I-N-T. That's Controlled Interest abbreviated. We'll catch you guys next week uh, when we disagree about something else. (laughs) See you guys later. Bye.